Welcome to another edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski, you're back. You missed last week. Where you been, buddy? Hello, Bungo. Let's get this out of the way right now. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Gotta put the E on there now. Was that more was that more just um, you know, like trying to make up because you weren't here last week and I could I didn't have to put the E on the uh on the show. Is that what you're getting at? It was it was everything. I'm just trying to keep my reputation going. Okay. That's all. Good. Good. And also joining us this week with one hand in his pocket and the other one giving D the finger, Richie Seymour. How you doing, Richie? <laughs> Gentlemen, it's it's great to be here. I will I will be giving D the finger for the whole time. And shouldn't he have done a, eleven more uh, f bombs there? He only did four. Oh, because because today's show is brought to you by the number fifteen. That's right. That's a fifteen game winning Same. streak for the St. Louis Cardinals. You both got your joke in. Good, good, for, you. good for you. I d- I don't know what the sport is that you're speaking of, by the way. <laughs> Sports ball. It's dumb. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well, we have a good show today. These are these are really good songs. Um, the I I don't know if there's an exact theme with the show, but it feels like there sort of is. You know, just um, yeah. Yeah, the playlist went really well. Yeah, uh, and, and and you wouldn't have guessed it seeing the songs on their own but, no but we'll I, get to it, yeah. I probably listened to this playlist more than i've listened to a lot in a long time just because i enjoyed the playlist you know just i was listening to it more for fun than i was to get ready for the show necessarily and and, and, the, and, and this is you know like we've normally been two weeks in between shows so you know having only a week to do that that's pretty cool yeah yeah I mean, you missed well, last week. I mean, other I think than that. We, we got the playlist fairly late in the week. Like it wasn't even, you know, usually when we do this, we'll throw out our three songs early, early, like by Sunday or Monday. And I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, at least before we actually got the playlist this week. Yeah. So before we get to the playlist, though, I gotta tell a quick story. Sidebar. Um, a, a quick story about uh, I went to the Cardinals Cubs game at Wrigley Field on Friday night. It's Saturday night now, so it was last night. And uh, a cool story after the game was over, besides the twelve to four final score with the Cardinals beating the Cubs, which was uh, which was was fun and tremendous. They, they hit five home runs, D five. So no, anyway, I, didn't they hit six? No, the Cubs hit the sixth one. So oh okay, Patrick there Wisdom. So Patrick balls. Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom for the Cubs, by the way, hit that ball so hard that he almost hit the manual scoreboard. It was a freaking bomb. But the wind was blowing out big time yesterday, which led to all the home runs. I do like Wisdom, but uh, former Cardinal. He is. Oh, that's right. He yeah, was he drafted is. by yeah. the Cardinals. I saw him hit a grand slam a couple of years ago when he was uh, auditioning for the big league club. But anyway, so we're leaving the ballpark and. Uh, we're walking through Wrigleyville oh, back yeah. to our car. So cool story of the whole game. We were sitting kind of up in the 300 level um, next to the foul pole, but we were in foul territory and Elliot the whole time because he's like at Peoria Chiefs games, he always gets baseballs. Always. It's just freaking amazing. Somebody will get a foul ball and hand it to him. And he's, and he was like, I'm going to get a foul ball tonight, dad. I got it. I'm going to get a foul ball. I'm like, you're not going to get a foul ball. That just doesn't happen on your first visit to Wrigley field. It just never happens. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, so, um, 
Um, anyway, more on that in a second, but, uh, we're walking through Wrigleyville and there's these guys that are standing on the steps of one of the, one of the apartments or houses or whatever, townhouses, whatever you want to call them. And they're cussing up a storm. They're like F this and F that, you know, they're pissed off that the Cubs lost and they're sitting there bickering back and forth about what an asshole Tom Ricketts is. And, you know, just all the, all the stuff you would expect after seeing a 12 to four loss by the, at the hands of the Cardinals. And as we're walking by, the guys go, the guys go, Oh, there's little kids. So they stop talking and we get down the road a little bit further and uh, they go, Hey, Hey guy with kids with the kids. And I, I turned around, he goes, come back. We got something for one of your kids. And I was like, that, that sounds kind of creepy, but whatever. So, <laughs> you know, you know, so, so he goes, no, seriously, it's good. It's good. You know? So, so I walked back yeah. and he goes, he goes, well, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, we caught a foul ball at the game. Do you want it? And Elliot, of course, took it. Such a nice thing for this guy to do, you oh, know, yeah. to give him. And as Elliot walked up, he saw the Cardinals hat and the Cardinals jersey. He goes, oh, wait, you're a Cardinals fan. I'm not going to give you this. And then he laughed, you know. It was, it was kind of funny. But Elliot got the foul ball. And the cool thing is it, he was over the moon about it, as you might expect, an eight-year-old getting a, getting a foul ball at a game. But, but the other part of it was, is back to the other story, is when Richie and I were, what, in between our junior and senior year of high school? Yep. I yep. want to say we went to we – went to the first baseball game I ever went to at Wrigley Field against the Cardinals, Cubs Cardinals, and I got a foul ball at that game. And so now the both me and Elliot, the first time we went to Wrigley Field, got a foul ball at the game. I thought it was just super cool. And, and the best part of that story, Sean, is that knowing you, you'll still be able to hold over him that you actually caught the foul ball he was given the foul ball. Well, so I didn't it, catch the foul ball. Older. That's not true. That's not true. If you recall, and this yeah. is, this is a, a the, so, the mind of a 17 year old that I'm going to go down here. Cause I feel kind of bad about this, you know, 20 some years later, but there's this old man who actually the ball ball smacked off his hand when we were there, if you recall, Richie, and it landed yep. at my feet and I scooped it up. And this, this makes me seem like such an asshole when I tell this story, but I kind of am. So it's all good. Um, you know, we, we look down the way and the guy goes, <laughs> I've been coming to games for 60 years and that's the closest I've ever come to a foul ball. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't think you've ever told me that fucking story. And, and I looked at him and oh I looked at the, <laughs> oh I looked at God. him and I looked at the foul ball and I thought, well, shit, if he's that old and he's never come that close, I better keep this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was a hard hit ball and it hit, it, 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 his hand hard to probably hand. broke the fucking thing <laughs> yeah hit his hand hit his chair, and then rolled over to sean so sean's just picks it up off the ground oh, this guy so horrible <laughs> oh my god oh i have i'm sure i have i've told that story a ton of yeah. times oh, yeah. but I, I knew it was Sean Dunson and he got it. Yeah. Game, but goddamn. Yeah. yeah. So, so now. <laughs> I was going to make a, a, a joke about Richie being an asshole. <laughs> about foul balls and everything. But no, no. It, it, it's not. Oh, see, see I, I knew the whole story. I knew that I couldn't come off the worst in this thing. <laughs> So, so anyway, looking back on it now, I should have given the guy the ball. I should have given the guy the ball, but, but I still got it. It's sitting over there the on the shelf. Well, <laughs> actually though, have you, have you ever caught another foul ball at a major league game? No. So, I mean, you know, it's been well, 25 years. And in fairness, in fairness, that guy wouldn't have the ball anymore anyway, cause he'd be dead by this he'd point. So, I mean, whoa, at least I still got the ball. Whoa, so. Whoa. 
It's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. So now I've got a ball sitting over there, and Elliot's ball is sitting right next to it, and I'm going to buy a case for both of them to put in, yep. you know, and that'll be that'll be kind of cool. But, yes, I, I, I know. I wow. should have given the old man the ball. So. Wow. Ah. And then you just I feel like dead. I feel like Jen, <laughs> <laughs> he is. There's no way he's not. He was like he was like 85 or something this like that. This motherfucker sitting there looking at his or listening to this podcast right now because <laughs> From he he's one 90s, of the dozens. He likes 90s grudge music. He's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> Give me my ball. <laughs> and he dies of a heart attack as he oh, uses. No. <laughs> he he's, just killed an old man. He's listening he's listening to Sean and he's good tape from heaven. <laughs> what can we say? Oh my gosh. I can't believe I told this, that story. This episode might be a little <laughs> off the rails. I'm I'm saying that I'm being judged harshly by Jen from France right now, is all I gotta say. You're being judged harshly by D in Japan. Right? Yes, I know. I know. Wow. <laughs> oh shit. So, uh. so so to get us back to music, I uh <laughs> Are you gonna give us a review of the Dragons new album? Um, a full review. It's yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's not. It's nothing. There's nothing great on it. It, yeah. I I think they've lost their magic. Imagine that. Um, but no, it. I I forgot a story from uh from the Alanis concert that I did want to share. Oh, so in between uh Cat Power and Garbage, you know they they pump in music while the bands are setting up. And most of it's 90s era music. And then they get into uh, Lose Yourself, the Eminem song from 8 Mile. Mm. Right? Yeah. The, the the ladies in the crowd are going wild. Like, they're all super into it. And that happened to be right at the point where uh, Garbage was ready to go on. So mid-song, they cut it. And everyone starts booing. And I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? At a, a lost concert, everyone wants to hear Eminem? Well, and you want to hear live music or you want to hear a freaking recording? Yeah. I know. Let us finish that rap battle before we can go on, please. Yes. <laughs> Have you actually ever seen that movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. a long time ago. I, I mean, I don't remember it really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Uh, that reminds me of the when we saw Pearl Jam last in 2014. This is great uh, transition. Thank you, Richie. Uh, when uh, they didn't have an opening act, they played the... Uh, Cardinals and Dodgers uh, playoff game on the big screen. And oh, that was so like amazing. the Rolling Stones fucking opening up for uh, uh, Pearl Jam. Like the crowd was insane. Oh, well, it was the game so that they crazy. were down. They were down like seven to one or eight to one yeah. in the game, and they came back and they won. And we got to watch it on the screen as the lead up to Pearl Jam. And Eddie Vedder wouldn't even come out until we got to see the full comeback. So, and yeah. the crowd was fine yeah. with that. We could have sat there and watched the whole game and then saw Pearl Jam. Uh, no, it was it was fine. It was yeah. insane and so exciting. It was mm-hmm. like watching like like I remember when I was a kid. My uh, grandfather took me and my sisters to go see WrestleMania two. Uh, you got to go see WrestleMania two? No, no, no. Oh. At, at, on closed circuit TV at oh. the horse track because mm. <laughs> he wanted to bet, and it was a good excuse for he he made the excuse like, "Hey, let let's go to the horse track. I'll bet on the races. Let the kids watch wrestling." <laughs> and so yeah, Papa Ray, God bless. Him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hogan uh, and Bundy in the cage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and. and Chicago had the battle royal with William Perry. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. I did forget to tell you wrestling made me think of one part of the story about Elliot and the foul ball that I forgot to tell. And that was after it was over, 
Elliot was walking away and I, I was like, Hey, you know, I got a foul ball in 1995 and you know, I'm telling him that story and he remembered it cause I told him before, but, uh, but he goes, dad, it just must be in our bloodline to get foul balls. And I was like, that's freaking hilarious. That's right. That was a yeah. good quote. Yeah. And then uh, he, then he weirdly said, acknowledge me and said that he was the tribal chief. It was really strange. <laughs> 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 Richie's looking at me like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Do you know? No, I, I, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as we're talking about this, uh, uh, fuck. Anyhow, so going into and then D lost his train of thought. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not the first time we lost it. Uh, fuck! What was I gonna say? <laughs> this, anyway. I knew the show was gonna be like this, and it's totally what I was gonna. Be. Everybody's gonna love it. Sean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Jen from song, France is judging me already and hates me more than she already does. I'm, Probably still not as I'm much as I'm judging Reggie. you. I know. But you already hated me anyway, so it's all good. Well, I, so. I, it's not that I hate you. Yeah. It's just I don't think you're a good person. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> is it because of the old man thing? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no. It, there's so many things. There's so many things. <laughs> so many things. Richie, uh, I mean, this could be a podcast of its own. Yeah. I mean, we it have we have a thirty-year history, Richie. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Anyway, should we uh, actually like start the, the actual part, or did you figure out what you were going to say? I did. Do you have uh, to pee? No, I'm good right you now. You sure? Do you have to pee, Sean? Because Sean has to. I don't. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I will Sean. power through just to prove you wrong. <laughs> Both of you wrong. I will power through. <laughs> so, so originally I wanted mm. I wanted to. So the first mm. song is released by Pearl Jam. A very good song. Uh, off their 91 album 10 you know 30 years old uh i wanted to put the uh the 10 version on it but the uh the last like five minutes of it is the the end of master slave that opens the album leading into uh uh you know the opening song uh so i decided to pick the version the live version from let's play 2 released in 2017 Mm -hmm. and uh uh I, i forgot about the guy john who have you guys seen the documentary, the 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 concert DVD? The concert of Let's Play Two. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I have not. This this part is so powerful, and I forgot about it because I, you know, I, I didn't listen to this album so much. But uh, but yeah, no, it's this song is so goddamn powerful, and and this version also, Sean, uh, uh, is is you know like remember the first couple of times we saw Pearl Jam, they were too self important. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they loosened up in the last couple of times we saw. And this, this version is a very loose uh, of this. Like he, mm-hmm. and he realizes how important this song is to people instead of just to himself. This, this song to me was just totally incredible to listen to it live. I mean, I, I love live songs like that. I mean, I was before this, as I, as I told you both before we got started, I was at a get together at somebody's house and they had hired a band for the backyard and they're playing live music. And I'm sitting there supposed to be talking to people. And instead I'm watching the live music and I'm not paying attention to everybody else, you know, because I just love live music as long as it's good music, of course. Um, but, uh, but no, this song was so powerful live because you can just, I mean, the, the regular version version is great too but you can hear even after all of the years of probably singing this song in concert eddie's pain about his father and that whole situation you can still hear it in his voice and that's what makes it so darn impactful and just the the way the crowd's into it i mm-hmm. mean it's it's one of those mm-hmm. rare songs that is be- probably better in concert like mm-hmm. just oh it's I so good there are very few pearl jam songs that i think aren't better in concert you know like that like, aren't better that that 
like the concert, the live version is the best. Version. Oh yeah, I would agree so, with that. Yeah, yeah, like a live, mm-hmm. like a live is a great song, but to see wh- where they've gone to with it, now, yeah, like oh my god, or Yellow Lead Better, Better Man, god, Better Man, Better Man, how they exactly. do the end, how he adds that end part where yeah, especially yeah, I, the version that we heard in St. Louis in 2014 where he starts talking about the cities and all the different shit, and it almost turns into like Johnny Cash going "I've been everywhere, man," you know thing. I just think that's just tremendous how he does that. <laughs> yeah like, really i, I mean so, it's, it's almost like you're wearing a shirt that says pearl jam on it or something hmm. i uh uh or i have all these pearl jam tattoos anyhow uh i was actually supposed to be at these shows and i think i tried to offer you one of the tickets sean but because i bought them through the 10 club it had to have i had to have my id for them mm-hmm. and i and and i was talking to uh uh, uh you know chatting with meg uh one of our listeners who got to go see the See Here Now Festival last week with Pearl Jam playing their first show in like three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was her first time seeing Pearl Jam and she was just blown away. But an and elderly woman was the song that she wanted to yeah. see. And, and Did, uh, did they sing uh, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel and, like that release me is very similar to that song. Right. Well, it's similar in a different way. Yeah. It's just a fucking cathartic sort of, uh, uh, you know, like, goddamn letting all these feelings out and and elderly woman is such a great song for for the three of us growing up in franklin too you know like like i always makes me think of like marie long oh yeah yeah some somebody like that or or barb you know barbara you know just just like uh these people (laughs) you've known all your life and and just like uh but but uh it's the longest title in the Pearl Jam catalog. Elderly woman behind a counter in a small town. <laughs> I was supposed to be at these two fucking yeah, shows. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. And and yeah. I didn't ask for the time off because at, at the time, my job, I was supposed to be scheduled off. And then it was too late for me to get it off. And, uh, that sucks. $400 yeah. down the drain. Yeah. Didn't Lowe try to go and, they, and he got turned away because it didn't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, well, the problem was, was my, my idea had expired. So I had to uh, uh, redo it. And, and Lo and I have dark hair and glasses. Uh, so I, I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, I sent him the paper copy, the, the temporary copy. And uh, and yeah, he said the security <laughs> was starting to get called and he turned around and you know, just walked away and went, got Portillo's and came home. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no fun. But no, great song. Um it is just that if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. The emotions in it are tremendous. I mean, they really, the, they really truly are. The song fucking hits me hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just, I, I myself, like you somehow, like I'll ride the wave where it takes me. I'll hold the pain, release me. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. There's you just you just have to get them all out of your system because you're going to make sure that this <laughs> well, box we, gets checked this time this this show it needs to have the explicit part on it yeah i'm sorry it just does yeah we let you down last week when you were away you did, you did. and yeah your phones are off right you needed you know none of that stuff going on it would be unprofessional for them not to be as an executive producer i would think you would think it would be unprofessional but yeah <laughs> well, who am i to judge <laughs> All right, second song, Richie. That sh- that song was yours. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the person keeping this show on the rails, and I'm not doing a good job very so far this week. It, mm. it happens. Yeah. It happens. No, yeah. no biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the next song's mine. It's uh, by Seven Mary Three, uh, Water's Edge. 
Um, I just, so this week, my, all three of my songs kind of had a little theme to them that I was not intending. I just, you know, this is a song I've always liked. Like it, it, it really, it's a somewhat harsh song and for somehow I never really listened to the words, did not know what this song was about. Like, yeah, (laughs) nope. I didn't listen to the non, non the verses I should say. Well, you know. the biggest thing about it is, is I can understand that from the, from the terms of, if you're just like not paying attention to it, the song rocks. I mean, it's a, it's a great, just hard hitting song, you know, to, to just rock out to, if you're not necessarily trying to get to the deeper meaning of the song, although the deeper meaning isn't really all that deep necessarily. No, it's not a deep meaning at all. And, and uh, uh, no. one of the themes I picked up on some of your songs there too, was they, they were uh, like throwbacks like remakes of 90s songs like this one makes me think of uh, uh uncle tom's cabin by warren really i know a secret really? down in uncle tom's cabin huh i know i, would have not I, see, I don't think i've that. ever heard that song yeah jesus christ okay <laughs> that was the name uh, of a this band is a great wasn't song. that the name of a band by the way uncle tom's cabin <laughs> uh, you were yeah, in that so band anyhow, weren't no, you d <laughs> this is a great song uh it 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 is fun i love seven mary three and it's one of those bands that i think do not get enough uh uh, attention uh yeah and just a great song the guy's voice is incredible so the high low the high low of this song like the way it goes is so fucking good that's the part that always gets me is just the the changing changing tones so much in the song it and his fucking voice is perfect for it you know that growl that don't go down well okay so so i went down the rabbit hole with this song when i was listening to it earlier this week and i was making some notes that i then sent myself then i sent to uh that i sent myself the wrong fucking notes so i don't actually have them i I guess i got the e on there too now um but uh but anyway (laughs) i think uh, i think the thing of it is with the song when he keeps saying i didn't do it but i saw who did i'm not sure that he's not actually trying to cover up that he actually did it when I was listening to it, the more I, the more I heard it. I mean, there is the possibility that he did actually do what he says that he saw happen. No, I didn't do it, but I saw who did is I think is he feels guilty about not coming out and saying, Oh, that he saw what happened on the surface. It looks like that. Yes, I agree. I just think there could be, there could be a deeper meaning into the song. I'm not positive. We'll never know. A Netflix documentary. I am <laughs> about the water's edge, <laughs> about the bloated body by the water, <laughs> and somehow there's tigers involved. <laughs> Netflix never knew it needed to be made. This episode of Sean and Holy D's Good shit. Tape brought to you by Tiger King Two, coming to Netflix soon. <laughs> it really is too. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Stranger things. Oh, nice. Well, well done. There. Well done, D. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, no, I, this is a good song. It. Uh, it um, definitely has a great guitar riff to it too and, and it's just the way you like you guys talked about the singer the way he sings it it's just kind of nasty you know which makes it just yes. a fun song uh sean did you go see did either one of you see them when they were at the uh uh i think you were there sean at the state fair where they uh were like with goo goo dolls and smash mouth is no, that right no Mm-mm. okay were you uh, yeah 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 and I, i've seen them a few times live and and one time uh uh we were supposed to see them with the gin blossoms uh and, and the, the show we saw in joliet with with katie uh and it got rained out oh mm. my gosh it, it i won't tell this story <laughs> with our friend tim but uh 
Uh, that was probably going to be a good story. I'm going to guess. No, well, it, was, it, it is a funny story, but anyhow, they're incredible live. They've got a live album, acoustic live album. That's so fucking. Great. <laughs> I feel um, like I want to. I feel like I want to pause the recording just so I can hear the story, and then we'll come back on the other side. <laughs> you want to do it? Yeah, hold on. Let me pause. Do it. it. I got okay. this. Anyway, we're so we're going to take a quick break so you can tell <laughs> us a, 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 probably a really bad story, and then we'll be back in a second here on. But Shawn you guys can imagine the story. Yes, exactly, and we'll probably be laughing when I unpause it. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredibly funny story. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was not. It was. It would have been good for on air if it wouldn't have hurt people's feelings. Uh, Tiff's birthday was just this last week, so happy birthday! Oh yeah, yeah. Does Tiff listen? Josh does. Maybe. Does he? (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? I think everybody listens once in a while. Nobody listens consistently (laughs) because they're like, yeah, they're good in small doses, but not not for a long (laughs) period of time. I remember hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. me. It was kind of, you know, <laughs> be, I, I have good fair, memories Amanda of Amanda and Michelle say the same thing. Good oh, in small doses. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Well, so yeah. anyway, how long is this uh, show uh, Water's so Edge. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. Right yeah. Here. So, D, was that the, the album version of Water's Edge? Yes. Okay. Because I had never heard the version, like, with the, the F-bombs and, and like, I, I know I own the Seven Mary Three album, but, like, when, when, when you know, he gets into the song, I'm like, this just doesn't quite sound right. It, it definitely did sound different from the, the radio version, I will say. Well, it, uh, maybe just the, you know, uh, the fuck. It, like the level of the music, the the beat, like everything just seemed oh. a little tad bit off from, from what I'm used to. When was the last time you listened to it prior to this? Um, I mean, I would have heard it at some point in the last few months because that's how I added it to my list. That's oh. what made me think of the song. Uh This ain't no fucking game. Uh, yeah, no, this is the album version. And that okay. American Standard CD is so fucking good, and they're and they're all of their records. I I actually really really like. Like, I would say they were probably in my top twenty, you know, favorite artists of the nineties. You know, like. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I used to like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. We were really into them for a while, uh, and live they're unbelievable the the gosh which song is it cumbersome rock crown. no 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 off a of rock crown uh but like at that at that state fair show like the guy almost seemed like he was in tears singing this song oh lucky oh my god that's such a great fucking song i don't know yeah. if i know that song yeah uh, all right all right cool we'll uh we'll put that on a playlist coming up uh oh speaking of that i got an, an idea for a playlist okay for the next one uh, for the next so, one, huh? For the next one. Hear me out. Uh, September 24th, 1991 was the day that Nevermind and Blood Sugar Sex Magic were released. Okay. If we both pick a song, uh, if, uh, if we all pick a song off of both of those records, like one from Nevermind and one from uh, 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 Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and then, you know, a wild card song in there, but yeah, I forgot that, that like that would have been great timing for this for this album. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Could I recommend we do a uh, black album for the third song? Well, it but so there's black album, there's uh uh, uh facelift, there's 10 
there's yeah. easier illusions like all of those albums came out in 1991 uh, i'm gonna veto 10 because at some point we're gonna run out of pearl jam songs using one every episode well we can we can do repeats it's all good yeah, that's true. yeah. That's true. We, we, we're gonna forget i mean oh. like this week i had like two songs and i'm like have we done these songs because there's songs that i like a lot and i hell i don't even remember all the songs we've done now speaking of this and i'll bring this up in a little bit but uh we we need to do a, a covers episode soon too because uh i found mm. a great pearl jam cover that would uh that would work for this so okay anyhow so yeah seven mary three underrated check them out next we'll get lucky on it. the next song is mine and it's singing in my sleep by semi-sonic and i want to preface this song with something really quick is this is sean and d's good tape this song is sean and d's good tape that's what this all started from is making basically mixed tapes and that's what the song's about is basically making somebody that you're trying to impress a mixed tape so what i get out of it i want to start with is that d was trying to get me to love him when he started making all the good tapes i'm pretty it's sure true. it's true yes i he wanted needed to a ride him. to school he did <laughs> <laughs> i did it i did it i walked it would have been quicker for me to walk the fucking school than to walk the to try to get that fucking, fucking car way. started every day oh my yeah. god i would have i would have been better off time management wise i just wanted to go have a mo and do it a fucking cigarette in sean's goddamn kitchen and wait for him to start the car <laughs> i'd have to go out and pull the fucking starter belt and then make it and then go and do all that shit oh my god it was such a piece of shit oh hmm. but it was the only thing we had to get ourselves around in so anyway it worked anyway this song singing in my sleep is a tremendous song it's got so many good lyrics on it that i had on those notes that i uh um, ultimately forgot to um, like email myself the right way. But, um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those songs that just takes you back to a time where cassette tapes were the thing and you, and you would spend all these hours making these tapes to make somebody think, Oh, these are really good songs. You try to get them to like the songs. And, and, you know, people now, can do that to a certain degree with playlists. Like, you know, we can, we make playlists for this show every week on Apple and Amazon and, and Spotify and all of that stuff. But, but the problem with it is you can't do, <laughs> what are you doing, Richie? It's going <laughs> he waved us off. I don't know. Anyway, we'll keep talking. Um, but, uh, but I mean, you can't do it where like you would, you would take um, things from like comedy things and intertwine them in the tapes to make it funny and stuff like that. And you can't do that stuff in today's technology world. Oh yeah. The, the Dennis Larry, no cure for cancer and the Pulp Fiction uh, and clerks uh, soundtracks. That, oh that, yeah. Those, yeah. 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 I yeah. forgot all about that. That's yeah. Sorry. I was sitting up in my office window and some asshole just came driving into front of my house then stopped then backed up then drove into my yard he drove into your yard just barely like it it ended up being a high school kid going to the neighbor's house that just didn't know how to drive at night apparently so Hmm. like i was trying to figure out what was going on Hmm. that's interesting yeah (laughs) i thought your your office upstairs or downstairs upstairs my office is upstairs our uh, the house's office is downstairs okay all right yeah but anyway, anyway, this song, I think, is just, it, like I said, it encompasses the, what this show was started on, its foundation, essentially. It, it well, is the most meta moment that we could ever possibly have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when you said this song, it said, God, have we talked about this before? I kind of thought, like, maybe we had. But I think maybe, like, we talked about Semisonic and, and brought it up. But, uh, but God damn it, this is such a great fucking song. What's that I, instrument I will at the say, beginning? What it's is? A, I like the song. It's an organ. Is it okay? The dr- the drummer is playing the organ with one hand. And, and, mm. That's right. 
I, I will say I like this song better than Closing Time. And this and, is their best song. Be, yeah. yeah, it could be because I've heard Closing Time 400 million times. A lot of bars. This is, this is right up there with Fascinating You Think, FNT, uh, off their first record. That's a great fucking song. Yeah, FNT. Yeah. yeah. But I love, the, I love the part where it says, All Alone on the Overpass, Wired and Phone to a Heart of Glass, Now I'm Falling in Love Too Fast, With You Are the Songs You Chose, And All the Stars Play for Me, Say the Promise You Long to Keep, I Can Hear You Sing to Me in My Sleep. And it just like... Boom, you know, and the way that the song is so upbeat and everything, it just can, it can certainly, you know, yeah, that's just, it's just a really cool song the way that it's written. And, the other and then part all, I, go ahead, go ahead. The other part I love, In the City the Lion Sleeps, Pray to Sony, My Soul to Keep. I love that uh, part, that, yeah. That line is is the tape that he had, happened to be looking at when he was writing the song with the Sony, you know, yeah. blank cassette. Yeah. And then I, I even like the kind of deep cut, uh, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet references yep. throughout the song. I was just getting ready to bring that up. I've been living in your cassette. It's the modern equivalent singing up to a Capulet on a balcony in your mind. I yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. A- anything you want to talk about there, D? Do we transition to the We transition song? now. Yes. Richie Richie was getting the segue set up for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I I it came early. I thought we were gonna talk about the song. What do you what do you do you have more? Do you have oh. more on this song before we move on? No, not uh, not necessarily. I mean, I saw them. Uh, the show I saw in St. Louis was Semisonic, Soul Asylum, and Matchbox Twenty on the, the their first tour, and Semisonic and Soul Asylum were just outstanding. And Matchbox Twenty obviously were, were really good, but 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 like I Semisonic had no I no way reason to be as good as they were live, and just incredible. And really quickly, <laughs> right before this, we started recording. I uh, I watched the video for uh, singing my sleep, and uh, the end of it made me cry. Oh, really? Like I I started tearing up. It was just it was really fucking cool. But I think it's because we have a love affair with a mixtape sort of thing. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, like we've made so I I've made so many mixtapes for so many people, mm-hmm. you know, including you. Sean. It's weird that you still do it on cassette because like no one can play <laughs> nobody has a cassette player anymore yeah but the mis- mystery the mystery yeah. like i don't even what's on there mm. i just give you i just give you cassette <laughs> and it could and half the time it's just like some self-help bullshit mm. thing that came out you know <laughs> when, when you get those boxes those like little uh vhs uh, rental store things that had the cassettes in them like this is how you do a triangle <laughs> sort of thing yeah. <laughs> So All right, Capulets. That's uh, oh, uh, singing shit. up to a Capulet. Oh, really quick, really quick. I did look, and the Sean and D's good tape, the original good tape, the Newell good tape, is a Memorex. So you kind of let me down on that one, D. It wasn't a Sony. I, I, dude, I didn't have a lot of money, so it was just whatever. <laughs> I was, was just lucky that there was a fucking tape, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was and it, it wasn't like one of those fucking black ones with the white <laughs> like paper yeah. label on it. Oh shit. Anyway, did, did it have like the remainder of the tape where it had like you, you'd broken the tab off with the original recording and then you had to tape over it to re-record over it? So, going back to 1991 in, in Pearl Jam 10, the 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 original Mama Sun tape that uh Eddie Vedder sent back to Stone and Jeff was recorded that way he recorded his vocals over a Merle Haggard tape and and like like whited out certain things uh on there but but yeah he did the whole tape over the the, the thing so whole record over it yeah it's a great story you should look it up okay so transition <laughs> we were trying to do 
<laughs> oh my god yeah. looking up to a capulet leads right into uh, romeo and juliet by yeah. dire straits which at first i was like why did you pick this song and then i then i was listening to the singing in my sleep song into it and i'm like oh yeah that makes total sense you know the more i listen to it i'm like yeah this was a good pick yeah. i'd never heard actually, this song before i i, I, I had either. heard I had heard it once or twice before, like, you know, I, I don't think it was a YMG staple, but I think I heard it, you know, somewhere. Uh, but Jen from France actually uh, got me back into it because one of our covers uh, uh, playlist, like she made a covers playlist and, and had the Indigo Girls covering the song. I was like, fuck, I know that song. It's so fucking good. And I went back and looked at it. I was like, let's look looked it up and it was just like holy shit this is so fucking good like this guy is a great fucking songwriter mm -hmm. just by the song in itself but yeah there's well, a lot of there's really a lot of layers to this song that you wouldn't necessarily know by just listening to it you know the yeah. the notes give a lot of it and you're like oh that's that's really interesting yeah. i i, I th i've been obsessed with this song for the entire summer uh uh you know it's it's probably popped up in my itunes top 25 you know I think uh, broad brushstrokes. You should cover what the uh, what the song's actually about because I, I, I found that really fascinating with this one. It, it's so Mark Knopfler, uh, lead singer. It, it, he had this relationship with a uh, with a woman from another band, and uh, and he seemed to be more in love with her than she was with him, and so it turns into this. Uh, uh, there's the line. Uh, I used to have a scene with him. Uh, you know, oh, Romeo, I used to have a scene with him. Like, that's just so, you know, like if you're madly in love with somebody, yeah. God damn, that's just a, such a throw off little thing. You feel dismissed. Well, yeah, you yeah, feel like it, you weren't yeah, important yeah, yeah. to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I used yeah. to have a scene with him. Like, mm -hmm. you're not even a movie, a scene. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the song just drips with the, the sentiment that he's still very much in love with her and she has completely moved on. And uh, he he just I, I think he, it's him trying to deal with it and, and just not being able to really. The uh, a love struck Romeo, laying everybody low with a love song that he made. Finds a convenient street light, steps out in the shade, said something like "You and me, babe, how about it?" Like fuck, just kind of putting himself out there, yep. and in in a in a casual sort of way. And then it's a uh, uh, later in the song. The, the, I, I don't do the talk, no, like they're talking on the TV and I can't do a love song the way it's meant to be. I can't do everything, but I do anything for you. I can't do anything except be in love with you. Like, fuck. That's sad. Yeah. Jesus. It's a little heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, yeah, this song, and, and, and Jen, you know, rekindled it with me, but like, in that Indigo Girls, I'll send, I'll send you guys a link to that one. Was that a good version of it? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my gosh, so mm -hmm. amazing. But this it, also has, with, besides the Romeo and Juliet thing, this also has some ties to like West Side Story and some other stuff too as it goes through, according to what you said in the notes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just basically turning the whole trope on its on its back and being mm -hmm. like, you know, like, yeah, like sometimes things, sometimes shit doesn't work out the way it does in movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the I, time I would I, say. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I will say I would not have guessed this is a Dire Straits song if I just heard it. Like it to me, it sounds oh. more like a, a Tom Petty song. Like yeah, don't come around here that, or more. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's but, a good reference. Yeah. But I, I mean, Dire Straits have been around long enough to where they mm-hmm. could have been an inspiration for Tom Petty. Yeah, that's true. And 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 the storytelling, the way it's done in this in this song, is not is really good. Yeah, but it's not. You know, like it's there's obvious. You know, other people that do things this way, but. But this one's just so fucking good. So motherfucking good. So as we transition to the next song, I've got to, I guess, apparently uh, fall on my sword with Jen from France again. Uh, Because it's a silver chair song. And didn't you say she picked it? Am I right? She did. Yes. Song called Abuse Me, which very good song. I did a couple of weeks ago or a couple of shows ago, whatever. Call them one hit wonders. I did. And I still sort of agreed with you. I sort of stood by that. I sort of stood by that. But then when I heard this song, I realized I had heard this song before. And then I looked at their playlist and I heard the song freak, which has one of the dumbest written lines in the history of music, by the way, (laughs) and realized they weren't one hit wonders. They just had one song that was really, really popular. And then a couple of other songs that got played on the radio. So I apologize. She's a know-it-all. She, and, uh, and I do apologize for, uh, getting that one wrong. What the fuck, Sean? Do better. <laughs> I still was this a hit? It was. Was it? I mean, like, just because we didn't like it doesn't mean it wasn't a hit, or you didn't like it doesn't mean it wasn't a hit. I, I, as soon as I heard this song, I was like, "Fuck, this is a good song," and I remember it. It's it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I even owned Control, a uh, uh, free show. I, I once, you know, seeing the the playlist and seeing the cover come up, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I own that." Yeah. yeah. But, that was, and, and I think that goes back to, we gave Silverchair every chance to be, to be big. Like, like we wanted them to succeed and they just didn't do it for us. Hold on. I finally got to where you were at a few seconds ago, D. What the fuck, Sean? Do better. There you oh, go. Well, Sorry. Good. That just there took me a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're right a little bit, Richie, is uh, uh, it, it I, this might also came out around the time where we were kind of pulling away from radio and more into yeah. MP3s and things like that. So that that Definitely. might have a, a little bit to do with it. Uh, but yeah, it's a great song, and 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 I think we talked about with tomorrow how they sounded very much like Bush and uh, and, and Pearl Jam and, and bands like that. There's a lot of heavy influence from uh, you know the grunge era, you know, like Stone Temple Pilots and shit like that. So and, and into- this song had some Bush elements to it too. I can't oh, remember what oh, what song one one Bush song in particular. I thought was a, a, a doppelganger for this I, one. Yeah, Better. absolutely. I I I I thought. <laughs> I, now we got to hear Jen's uh, opinion on Bush and whether that's an insult or not. Uh, they they probably didn't get uh, hear much in France. They were a fucking European band. Bush. Uh, I, I, yeah. They're from the UK. Oh, news to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, France and the UK don't really get along. Throw the sailors overboard. That's that's really all I got to say. This is a really good song. Well, here's my problem. I think it's I think it's actually better than tomorrow. Here, well, that doesn't take much. Um, but anyway, uh, um, yeah, I was never a big fan (laughs) of that song. As I said a couple of weeks ago, here's my problem with this song. I like the song a lot. It's well written. It's impactful. If you don't know why they wrote the song, it's a really good song. And when you find out why they wrote the song, it immediately makes it garbage. 
in my opinion, in terms of the meaning behind it of it's just because they're mad at, at like people that give them criticism in the media or whatever, you know, that don't like their shit. And they're saying, yeah, just keep bringing it on. Keep saying bad shit about me and we'll prove you wrong. You know, that's yeah. Uh, so the entire garbage album- was a little harsh by the way, cause I actually like the song, but, yeah. <laughs> but the entire Hot album take. versus yeah. Holy shit. April Wars. <laughs> the vaccine is a hoax. <laughs> you're garbage. For- <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, I can't believe you're falling for Biden's bullshit. <laughs> oh God. I think this is a good time to go to, to flip the side. Beat. You, did you want to finish your thought? <laughs> you, you started to say, I don't know what the hell you oh, were going to no, say. No, I, think, I think you set me off. I feel like a 60 year old man who never caught a foul ball. Uh, he was way. He old. was, he was 85. Way <laughs> he was near death. All I did was just extend the life I, of the ball, and ended up in the garbage somewhere. Yeah. So, like he probably didn't make it out of the stadium. He, that, that's a lot of uh, downward sloping. Because he was heartbroken like, that he didn't get the ball, and he died on his way out. Oh. Mm. You want me to feel worse about this than I do, don't you? I can tell. I don't, but I suspect that. I, yeah. that All right, let's take a break. <laughs> this has been a fucking ridiculous show, and I knew it was going to be before we how even long, started how, taping. What, what, where are we at? We're at 45 time? minutes already. Yes, <laughs> yes. Anyway. All right. All right. Side B coming up here on Sean and D's Good Take. So that was that was the song I was uh, uh, referring to with the Water's Edge, but uh, I thought you know, like it seems like a blatant ripoff. Not blatant ripoff. That sounds so hard. That's like taking a foul ball away from a six-year-old man. It's difficult. He was eighty-five for the fifth time. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> let it go, D. <laughs> but it like the old man did. did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he wanted the damn ball so much, why didn't he hold on to the damn thing? Hmm. Good point. Thanks, Richie. You're welcome, Richie. It's good Don't to have it. It's good to have asshole. an asshole. It's good to have an asshole in your corner once in a while. Because <laughs> he can justify things that shouldn't be justified. <laughs> anyway, what's our next song? It's Richie's. <laughs> it's rich. Just go ahead richie it is mine uh so so yeah so the next song i i was apparently like i said in a very dark place uh when i picked these because this is uh youth of the, Na- of the nation by pod wow this is a dark this is a heavy song and and i i think this is one of those classic a lot of people would sing along to this song and get pumped mm-hmm. by this song and yeah. enjoy this song and, yeah. and not listen to what this song is about so my point with the uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin and Water's Edge, you have two songs. Like, I haven't listened to this song in 20 fucking years because the song's 20 years old now. Actually, wow. they're, they're touring on this album, uh, I found out. Uh, but the first time I heard this song, it made me think of Walk on the Wild Side by Marky Mark and the yes. Monkey Bunch. I was just like, what the fuck are we listening to? Hmm. And, then, and then I would listen to it more and more. And then I read, you know, looked up the notes and everything. I was just you know, like this is this song had to be made. Whether or not it's made well or not doesn't matter. It, it see, I, I think powerful. the song is made well. I think the song has a very it, it encapsulates that that age. The oh, the that's a like, like 
Sure, sure. But, so uh, for for those not familiar with the song, I mean, the first verse is is about a you know a kid that dies in a school shooting. Like it's it's first from his perspective of you know the last day of his life, as they say in the song, and you know that he wasn't friendly with this this kid. It, I mean, it's 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 still an important song. I think I once I once I listened to it a few times and then watching the video for it, like it completely changed my mind on the song. I, it's not something I want to listen to all the time, but I get it. It it it, it sounds like it's trying too hard, uh, yeah. Especially with the hook, yeah. Well, it's that when that when you hear the the kid like voices singing we are we are you know and it's just like yeah i i get where d's coming from but the song is actually very powerful when you get to the root of it absolutely and 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 that's that's what i'm trying to say is 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 it's it's at first it sounds like marky mark's walk in the wild song yeah but then you realize that the the guy was trying to make a deeper point Mm -hmm. and maybe rap rock is not the the greatest way to do it uh in my opinion in my opinion but it's still like like the more and more I heard the song, the more and more I was like, no, I get it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. this this yeah. is probably relating to kids at that time. Uh, so, and and still appropriate twenty years later, like oh, it, it, I yeah. mean, and, and I so one of the other songs that I looked at was Everlast's uh, "What It's Like," which that is very much other, very similar. That, that was vibe. the other song. That was the other song that that I I thought of. I thought Marky Mark was the funnier one. So you went with the yeah. shitty one. <laughs> that was the funnier one, yeah. <laughs> Little Tiffany, only sixteen. Because <laughs> you you like him in his underwear, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> He's a very um, successful actor these days. I, I was I was very intrigued in the notes that they had actually they were driving by. It was a school shooting, right? Like they were on their way to the recording studio and and got stuck in traffic because there was a, a shooting. Um, it wasn't it wasn't Columbine. It was the one that happened right after that. We were rehearsing and writing satellite a couple of blocks away from the school. One, I, I, the, one day on the way to the studio, there were all these helicopters and cars speeding by. We really didn't know what was going on. When we got to the studio, this guy had the news on and he was like, this kid just went and started blasting fools. So we started jamming. The rhythm just naturally came out. Then the, the drummer put the drum beat on it as the song was born. Yep. Yeah, no, it's once, once, you know, once I, you know, I heard you threw the song out there, I listened to it. I was like, God damn, this song is so cheesy. And then I read the notes and then after reading the notes and listening to the song, it's just like, fuck, this song probably had to be done. It's just, it's, it, it can be a good anthem song depending on, you know, I hadn't, you, thought, I hadn't thought of like I said, Richie, I hadn't thought of the song for probably 20 years. Uh, uh, but but yeah, no, it was it was it was it was an interesting listen and, and yeah. it leads greatly into the the next song, actually. Which is mine, right? Congregation. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. next song is uh Congregation by the Foo Fighters from Sonic Highways. And D, I'm gonna need you to pick me up on something on this a little bit because you got a chance to rewatch the Sonic Highways documentary, and I did not get a chance to do that this week. So so do me a favor and take through kind of, you know, the making of this song when it came to this was the Nashville episode, correct? Correct. Uh the 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 big hook of the song, you have to have blind faith, uh uh no false hope. Uh, was the drummer guy uh, 
that that worked with Elvis Presley, then Emmy Lou Harris, and then Dolly Parton, and uh, and he was like he, they were talking about how Nashville was a songwriter's town, not not a uh, a, a singer town. You know, like it was songwriters. Like you write the songs in Nashville mm-hmm. and give them to somebody else, mm-hmm. and you just have to do that, and you have to have blind faith, no false hope, and it's just fucking fantastic. And Zach Brown, who you know guests on this uh song is is the perfect example of that yeah he wrote a lot of songs for people before he he made it yeah, big just like chris stapleton yeah yep yep and both are very successful in their own right now it's you know it's it's kind of like um when uh that song that that i had on a couple of weeks ago from chris stapleton that somebody else had actually done that song way before him but you know his was obviously uh very impactful so yeah a good example of that and, and there's a lot of mention of like the the history in this wood because uh, Zach Brown had bought the Southern Ground Studios in Nashville, and uh, uh, that's where they recorded the song. So, you know, and there were so many things. Like, they still had all the old backlogs, like Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. And, and lots mm. of other people, like, re- recorded there. And it's just this beautiful thing. And, and the Sonic Highways series was incredible yeah i just don't i still don't understand why they don't play that in concert <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me they they just shy away from that and i don't know why because those songs are really really good and stand up with some of the best songs that they've ever done to be quite oh, honest I, I, we talked about this the last mm-hmm. time we had one of these songs out yeah. here i think you chose yeah but, you know like it's just ridiculous how good these are yeah and and and, and this album seems to be like they're a door by smashing pumpkins where nobody gives a fuck about it anymore, but it's so fucking good. But I understand why people don't give a shit about a door. I don't understand why people don't give a shit about this album because it was well, really sure. good. So no, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the way these two songs work together, uh, POD and, and congregation is, you know, POD was actually a Christian metal band a rap rock band or whatever. Uh, and, and I kind of like the way that they transitioned into each other, like the, uh, the heaviness of youth of a nation into the, the hopefulness of congregation. Like I, I, I really like the way they sort of flowed into each other. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very nicely. Yeah. yeah. So. For, for being so different in, in like where it would in tenor um, between the two songs. Yeah. But, I will say, but- but, but the hopefulness, you yep. know, of, of the two songs yep. in the end, mm-hmm. uh, I really liked how yep. that worked together. Yeah. Didn't yep. you tell me Dolly Parton had something to do with this too? Oh, she was in that, that episode. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. 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 I just don't oh. remember. It's been so long since I've watched it that I just don't remember. So, and, yeah. and I've got to bring up something from our uh, Labor Day episode when it came to Dolly Parton. So I needed the segue D. <laughs> so, um. Uh, yeah so i gave myself a segue um but uh apparently we undersold the uh nine to five song a little bit and about its importance to the to the uh rights for you know the the movie itself being about how women needed to get paid equally to men and and stuff like that so uh so we weren't trying to uh, i guess we said the line something along the lines of uh we don't really know too much about what that movie's about but i don't know that i've seen it any time that i recently where i would actually know that i knew that or whatever uh, yeah, I, I, I and I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're not female, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I mean we're all straight white males in our mid, you know, forties. Right. Uh, so so we don't. Richie, you have... got something to tell us? 
Okay. Right. I, uh, it, it was about someone else. Okay. All right. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Are you talking about the six-year-old man that Sean robbed the, the oh his God. dream of? <laughs> But anyhow, no, we're not. You're going to hear this episode but, edited, and everything D said won't be in here. It'll just be me and Richie. And there'll be these long pauses, and people will be like, what's going on? No, but, but, and that's the thing is, is we're not trying to be revolutionary or no. with any of our takes or no. thoughts or anything like that. We don't fucking know. No. We're, we're fucking white men who had all the opportunities laid in front of us. So we have no idea what it's like to but be. But damn it, someday know. we're going to break that glass ceiling. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no i actually appreciated the fact that uh we got called to the carpet for that because um oh, fuck yeah yeah, yeah no i i appreciate it us. even though we're kind of joking about it yeah no what is the magical idiots tour is that what the ma- what some- yeah the magical idiot i i made that up actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but whatever i mean that's exactly we don't know what the fuck we're talking about (laughs) we're not experts on music and if we've never if we've ever not known what we're talking about tonight's a really good example of that for what a shit show this has been the whole time (laughs) richie's looking at us like richie's looking at us like what the fuck am i doing here right now i should be in bed Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say i'm gonna look at the analytics to this episode and people are gonna get through about the first 10 minutes and then that's gonna be it nobody's gonna listen nobody's gonna be hearing this this is one of the most compelling uh uh podcasts we've done because we realized sean that you're a fucking piece of shit (laughs) we'll let an old man's dream (laughs) i hate you d <laughs> Note: This is the fun, this is where Sean finally cracked and said he hated D. Thank God, <laughs> he'd been I was thinking, waiting for it. He'd been thinking about it for a while, and next week on Sean and Richie's good tape, <laughs> Sean and Richie's better tape, better t- improved tape. <laughs> and I'll be I'll be the oh, old man. Shit. I'll be the old man with the broken head. We're <laughs> just taking the ball and running with it. <laughs> That's right. Do you want to go get the ball and I'll show it to you? Go Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) Too late, D. You can't be on our bandwagon. I'm not on your No room. Uh, All right. When it met the seventh son, he came for everyone, Sean. (laughs) Anyway. So so I I will say, uh, listening to the congregation, that there were several times that I thought there could be a very good mashup between congregation and ranking. Like, there's parts in the song where like you feel like the next that like he could just go right into i am the rain king huh. like that was it, it listen to it with that vent um hmm. that next time you hear it and like it's it, it, like it, it would work really really good hmm. speaking of the counting crows uh d's lost he's gone speaking of the counting crows d i don't think we did a good enough job on the um on the uh, episode for the ep that the counting crows put out i don't think we did either because i've listened to it way more since then and I fucking love it. It's yeah. and, and actually, you know how I, I said that the fourth song was my favorite. Now the first song's my favorite. For a little while, the second song was my favorite. It, it's it's yeah. just um, I, I think it's more impactful at that time than we gave it credit for. And, I, I think so too. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It and, grows on you. It's, yeah, it's it's not a like like there's more to it than just face value listening. You have to hear it. 
and I keep giving and I keep coming up with new theories as to what it's about. My latest theory is that it's basically when you listen, and I'm not trying to take too far on a sidebar here, but basically when you listen to the first episode or the first the first episode, the first song, "The Tall Grass," <laughs> you hear somebody that's very troubled in their life, and it talks at one point about you know when things happen to you as a child, it's something that you can't get back, and and all of that kind of stuff, and then it kind of sigs into some other stuff. And I'm wondering if by the end, when you get to Bobby and the Rat Kings, if he, if this person's not in some sort of fantasy of how they want their life to actually be. I can do that. I, I'm not completely 100% sold on that, but by God, I'm going to keep listening to it until I completely figure it out in my own mind. By God. By God. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I agree completely. Uh, uh, pretty quickly after we recorded that show and I listened to the album a couple of times more, I was like, I think we were wrong about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But and then I listened to then I listened to it in concert and it completely blew me away. And yeah, now I'm I listen to it like once a week now just so I can see if I can put pieces together that I didn't figure out the time before. But he's he's such a great songwriter. Yeah. He doesn't even and he gives it so little thought Mm -hmm. too. It's just so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. So to uh serious up a little bit, Richie, you've got the next song. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a serious. This, is, this song, is a pretty serious song. Yeah, it it is. In case the song about a a, a woman being tossed in a river wasn't bad enough, or a, a school shooting, I, I went with the blatant uh, uh, suicide song "Jumper" by Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and which it's weird because the the tone of this song is not nearly as heavy as the uh the me- the message of the song right uh, and what what the song's getting into like i well, this is another one back, of those it goes back to youth of the nation where you sing along with it and you don't necessarily know what the fuck you're singing along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean literally the verses wish you'd step back from the ledge my friends like like it's right there in your mm-hmm. face and the song's called jumper like it this one's pretty blatant and yet i i i, I would guarantee the vast majority of people that know this song don't really think of it in those terms. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. Everybody, this, go ahead. Dean. Everyone's got to face down the demons. Maybe today you could put the past away. That line right there is yep. fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about like being big enough to help a person, even if they're going to hate you for it, like that it's more important to, to provide that help and, and risk losing a friend mm-hmm. than, than to, you know, take the easy way out and, and let them jump. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't, I don't even know how to go too deep into this song cause it's pretty much out there on the surface of, of what it is. And it's such a serious subject that, you know, it just, uh, yeah, it, it is much better to just lose somebody in your life completely than to, you know, watch somebody crumble and burn, you know, and do something like that in front of you. Absolutely. The, uh, when, you can't deal with something so strongly where you like just consider giving up. It's, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's not easy thing to jump back from. Um, it, it, the, going back to it, the, the song is incredibly well written mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's just one of those things where it's, uh, he's probably talking to somebody specifically yeah and and the poppiness of it shouldn't take away from 
the the message but at the same time it's also giving people the way it is the poppiness of it is probably giving some people knowledge that this shit is going on you know like Mm -hmm. like instead of being a sad neil young sort of you know needle and damage done sort of thing it's a uh i wish you would step back from uh, i would understand you know make it upbeat and poppy sounding so people actually listen to it yeah 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 and and I guess yeah. I guess the point of that is it, it, that can be too that can be a good thing and a bad thing because the message can be missed because of its poppiness, but yet maybe one day you're you know in the car alone and you're feeling depressed and the song comes on and you're like oh I like the song and then you listen to it and you're like oh wait a second <laughs> you know because songs or, like that can catch up on you at times or twenty five year, years later you're doing a podcast with two of your best friends and talk about how important the song actually yeah. is yeah i mean really honestly throughout all of the stuff that we talk about the songs that deal with mental health are probably the most important ones that we ever actually touch on for the most part 100 mm-hmm. and and, and on, you know, lap, lap say, dance? unfortunately yeah lap I was just, dance. jesus oh, God. i was gonna say unfortunately uh the 90s had a lot to mm-hmm. do with it the recognition of mental health yeah. and, and people not being embarrassed to say that they need something uh, more than what they're getting, you know, like, like maybe I shouldn't be, you know, doing what my dad does to release me, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that sort of thing, you know, like, like I'm not, we're not macho anymore. I don't give a fuck about the macho shit. Yeah. Like I hurt. I cry at goddamn TV commercials. I, (laughs) that sort of thing. I had a conversation with somebody the other day talking about how back in the nineties, when we were in high school, how you couldn't have mental health problems back then because they didn't exist in in the world. You couldn't be depressed. You couldn't be in the wrong state of mind. That was just, you know, I mean, not to, you know, to use a term, a funny term from like the Peyton Manning SNL, you know, suck it up and rub some dirt on it and move on, you know, that type of thing. That's how it was looked at. And if you showed weakness, I mean, you, everybody was just going to make fun of you more than they would anything. So you couldn't show weakness and you couldn't have any problems that, you just couldn't. And and if so, people looked at you funny, like what the fuck is wrong with you for, for feeling the way you're feeling, just suck it up, you know? And, and it's just so weird to, um, now, you know, you, we, we've evolved so much that now mental health is everything. And you sit and you look at people, you know, like I do as a, as a news director and have 35 employees. And the number one job that I've had for the last year and a half is to make sure that they can, they can mentally deal with all the stress of COVID-19 and all the stuff that we've been going through. And, I'm glad that we've evolved into that society where it's not just, you know, shut up, suck it up and just deal with it. I'm, I'm glad that people actually are more likely to get the help that they need now than they got 25 years ago. Uh, I'm wearing two of the bracelets that I'm wearing right now is one is says it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And the other one is a bell, which is representative of mental, mental health awareness. Like it's uh it's it's a big deal it is yeah fuck it don't don't be scared Mm -hmm. of it you know it's talk about it 
don't fucking put it out. Well, it, it, it just comes down to the be- the best thing that you can do is if somebody's starting to act kind of strange and not acting like their normal selves is just to stop, sit down with them and say, hey, are you doing okay? Sometimes just asking that question can go so far to somebody and just, oh, somebody actually gives a crap enough about me to ask me that question and it can stop them from, you know, some spiral that you don't want them to necessarily be on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's move on. Uh, By the way, this album, uh, this first third third item, blind album was so good, so underrated. Uh, Maybe this had semi charmed life on it, right? Yeah. 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 Jumper and 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 goddamn, there were so many good songs. Like the whole album was so good. Uh, And it's got an anniversary. If it didn't just have one, it's 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 got one coming up. But uh, technically, it has one every year. (laughs) wow (laughs) the show just took a major major uh serious turn to it and and you know the next couple of songs don't necessarily bring it up from that either so as we as we wrap up the show so um, (laughs) let's take it let's take a quick break if you don't mind and we'll uh we'll um start do you have to pee I'm not going to talk about that. And I just, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to know these things, D. All right. We'll be back. In a <laughs> Hashtag Sean has to speak. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Sean and D's good tape. Um, next song on the list is one that I want to give a little bit of an intro to, if you don't mind. Um, I want to see if uh, our uh, dozens and dozens can maybe figure out who covered this next song. So let me play a little bit of this. Pass the road to your house. So who is that, guys? Any guesses? Jake. Yeah, that was D. By the way, what? Probably twenty years ago, D. Singing with uh, with um, Michael Sullivan and our friend Tom. Um, yeah, that that's I hadn't heard that in a long time. It still sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's such a great song. It is. Desperately really wanting is. by Better Than Ezra is is our next song, but um, we thought that'd be a good intro into it because uh, you guys used to jam together a little bit and and uh, do some recordings and stuff like that and. That's the one that I probably remember the most out of all the ones you did. Is that your most memorable to you too? Oh no, Little Wing. Little Wing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, that was so much fun with those guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we. Michael was an incredible, and Tom was too, but Michael was such an incredible guitarist. I mean, we talk about this, this guy, Michael was so good that he like auditioned for the red hot chili peppers at one point. I mean, he's that good of a guitar player. So he was in the final three or four before they went with John Frusciante. Like, like that was, or or Dave Navarro. That's what it was. Uh, uh, Yeah. It was incredible. Uh, And such a great guy, such a great guy too. But, but uh, yeah. So anyhow, desperately won by better than Ezra like this this another band like seven mary three that was kind of underrated but the song was so good so good and and at the time when it came out it was just uh it it, it just yeah I'm, I'm sorry i'm a little flummoxed by the song it, yeah. yeah well uh 
Go ahead and say why you decided to pick it, though, because it's actually kind of funny, the reason that you actually decided to pick the song. The, the So, uh, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, Norm MacDonald, the comedian, passed away uh, in the last, since we recorded last. And uh, he had a great joke on SNL on uh, uh, Weekend Update that, uh, you know, college charts today, number one is better than Ezra. And at number two... Ezra, <laughs> you know, just deadpan like that. Like yeah. it was fucking great. That's joke. good. That's but good. I've been wanting to put this song on here anyhow for mm-hmm. for the longest time. So, mm-hmm. but it's. I was actually surprised we hadn't covered it before because it is right. a great song. It's yeah. got yeah. that that up and down tempo where it's it's slow and soft and then and then it drives and then it slows back down. It, always a sucker for it. The re- wet grass falling a step behind, like 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 that's just such a romantic memory mm-hmm. and. and yeah. You know, it, it, I think the three of us have a memory like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Of, of yeah. the three of us running through the white grass and not Dee was falling deep, a step behind. Dee fell a step behind. Yeah. Well, it was me. It was me. It was me, probably. Yes. No. Because absolutely. I was trying to help this 85 year old man uh, <laughs> achieve his dream of getting a foul ball. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've called you that like five times during this show now. I mean it every single time. Um, it, the, the title might be Dee's Such an Asshole. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And very underutilized for this show. Um, no, no, I think this song came out at just the right time to uh, have an impact of uh, and and it and it isn't necessarily just about longing and chasing after somebody, but it's impactful for that in the way that it that it's written and for the time frame that it frankly came out. Um, but the song does have a little bit of a deeper meaning to it if you really, really listen to it. And I think it, it could, it could include potentially Richie, you had mentioned beforehand, possibly somebody passing away. Yeah. I mean, that's my, the, what I get from the song is that, that, you know, he loved this girl and, and, and has fond memories of her and that she's no longer, you know, mm-hmm. with us. Like, like that's kind of, and he, he just wants to go back to that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I will say like with this song, it's, now as a older adult, you know, this came out when we were in, in school, yeah. like it, it really hits you, hits you in the feels with the kind of thinking back to the way things used to be and the nostalgia and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a, way, go ahead, D. I was going to say sing something. It, sing it along to a song like this. God damn. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know, played that part. Like I just, it just, <laughs> it, like you said, it hits you in the feels. It's so fucking good. And, and I never, I never really thought of the she's not there anymore uh you know like physically yeah you know, uh, i always just thought she's just like, well the notes the notes kind of they're they're kind of unclear because it says desperately wanting is a song when someone is looking back on their childhood specifically that song is about when i used to camp out with my friends in the summer down in the south and you'd stay up all night causing havoc throwing rocks at passing cars blah 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 and literally you're running all through the neighborhood and through the yards and there's dew on the grass it's about those nights spent with a friend running around running through the wet grass and then it's a story of two people who took divergent paths in life one person made a lot of bad decisions and ended up having some mental issues and then just how you lose touch with people and how when you're young and you're running around all night and life hasn't had its way with you the playing field is equal and it's flat and then life takes everybody on their own journeys but there's a time when all your potential is untapped and the world hasn't had its way with you that's an amazing time of promise and that's what desperately wanting is about so yeah you can look at it in a lot of different ways but i love how that just summed it up because that that's kind of perfect 
absolutely 1000 percent yeah god yeah. damn yeah i got chills just from you reading that john yeah yeah it's a good song good song it definitely I, I, so so this song always makes me think about things that i wanted when i was younger mm-hmm. you know like uh things i thought that were best for me or or made me happy or complete yep. you know not weak or anything like that but it was it was a uh it, it it was one of those things that just kind of i always felt like defined my time around when this song came out you know making mixed tapes for you know certain people and and, and you know hoping for the best and ending up <laughs> wherever the fuck we're at now but uh but but yeah but it, but it, it was just like you said john it was like the perfect song at the perfect time mm-hmm. oh richie one of you said that i don't remember mm-hmm. now but uh but yeah it's yeah i it's not yeah it's not a weak thing it's, yeah it's, it's 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 good yeah yeah so let's let's pick it up a little bit and uh go with uh one of our more depressing songs on the playlist (laughs) the sammy hagar song that i picked this week was one that i i have not you i imagine neither one of you had ever heard before correct well i apparently i heard it but well well the the backstory the backstory on that is is in two the year 2000 I went and Dennis and I went and saw Sammy live at Riverport in St. Louis. And we were um, in the middle of the show and Sammy took his guitar and he kicked the rest of the band off the stage and said, I've got a new song that I'm going to sing here tonight for the first time. I'm probably going to put it on my album that's coming up in, uh, in um, October. And uh, cause the album's 1013, which is his birthday album. But, um, and he played the song acoustically. And I stood there and I watched him sing this song and I was just like, you know, it was just an incredible song to hear live and acoustic and it, and the, the version that he ended up putting on the album, which is what we've heard on the playlist is also amazing. You know, I know you like to give Sammy a lot of grief D, but this is uh this oh. is, this is actually a pretty perfect song that he wrote and it's called a little bit more from the 1013 so, album. So we're going back to like mm-hmm. the desperately wanting days of yeah. Sammy Hagar were, you know, I, I, Sean, there's only been like maybe three Sammy mm-hmm. Hagar songs that I've told you in yeah. 47 episodes that I don't like. <laughs> this song is fucking incredible. Yeah. And, and I asked, do I know this song? Yeah. <laughs> Your reply to me was, yeah, we saw this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, according to the show notes, wasn't this, wasn't the album version of this recorded at that show? I don't think so. If so, the show notes say the mini CDs were actually recorded at oh, the Riverport oh, Amphitheater. Oh. No, no, the mini CDs. There was two different versions of really Circuit City and Best Buy, but the album version is is different than those. Uh, oh, okay. I wish CDs. I had the mini yeah. CD. I don't have the mini CD. God damn it. Hmm. Hmm. That's I'm too bad. I'm sure you can find it online. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 25 years later. <laughs> yeah. All scratched to hell. Yeah. No, I I mean it's it's just a it's just a tremendous song about basically uh a time when things are ending and you can you can tell that they are but you haven't really admitted it to yourself yet and basically you're just losing somebody just a little bit more you know i mean that's that's basically the gist but it's a it's just a very very good song you know it's very well written and and the way he sings it is a little bit lower key than he sings a lot of songs too which came across really really well yeah this this motherfucker has the voice like like yeah 
he's and still does. Seven, like, yes, seventy-five yes, years old, and he can still sing his ass off. You know, he played a he played a show on top of a of a Las Vegas casino the other night for a for free, just for I fun. Saw, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean the the video that I saw wasn't really good quality, so I don't know how good it sounded, but it's pretty cool that he did it. So my my, my question would be is is if he broke his hand trying to catch a foul ball. Would you give it back to him? Or would you keep it for yourself, Sean? It depends on if he would sing me a song. <laughs> sing me a song, you're the piano man, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has to sing it now. He can't play the song because, you know, broken hand and yeah. all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, piano man. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. <laughs> no, this, this song is so good. It really is. Like I, when you said your your choices last week, uh, singing in my sleep, I was like, fuck, I forgot about the song. And then I listened to this one. I'm like, God damn it, Sean, do I know this one? Yeah. Is this a secret that I yeah. that I forgot? It's so fucking good. It is. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> this has been quite the show. How long are we? Have we been taping now? Let me look. Four hours. It probably feels like that for you. Um, an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> so let's me and Hind go up and ride the fucking bull. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> anyway, on that note, um, what are we? So next time we're going to do Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nirvana mishmash. Yes, each of us pick one. Uh, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and Never Mind, and then a, a wild card. You know, it could be a ninety-one song like. Use your illusions or black album or ten or facelift or whatever or bad mode finger. Cool. That sounds like That's a fun a, show. It sounds yeah, yeah. It, sounds, it sounds like an easy listen, definitely. <laughs> Which is always yeah. good. This week this week was an easy listen. I thought the pot the, the playlist was easy to listen to. And like I said, I listened to it for fun quite a bit. So yeah, it was good. So hopefully we'll do a show when we want to do our next one. I can't do it next week. I fly to Okinawa on Saturday. What, what are you shaking? Why, why you got to be screwing up our, our schedule? We did two weeks in a row. You motherfuckers go to golf places or whatever the fuck it is you're doing and have to. Not yeah, but I show. mean, now we've redevoted ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because school started. Why is now other things is. more important to you, D? <laughs> it's not that other things are more important to me. I can't fucking physically be there. Well, you need to figure it out. You need to tell whoever it is that you need to tell and say, I have to record this podcast. It must happen. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> I got nothing else. <laughs> okay, boy. <laughs> you you want to do it yourself this time? Okay. Okay, boy. That was really bad. That was poor. No, that, that was, was poorly. Spot on. That was spot poorly on. executed, and now I can't Nailed find the it. damn drop. Nailed so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boy. There was over. Well, oh, watch it. Bye. All right. Anyway, goodbye. Really well goodbye, D. Say it. <laughs> Say it, damn it. Ooh, I want you to know it's over. Mm, okay, boy. Just in Sling Blade. <laughs> Fried tater. Mm. He's out of gas. <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> the show's over. See you next time. <laughs>